0: You know, I put them over at my expense multiple times and got triple powerbomb more than anybody. And my pay took a hit because of it, because of that's what they, the way that structure is. And there's no rhyme or reason and no answering. Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. Ryback feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more, more laughs than ever before. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Conversation, Conversation with the big guy, the big guy. Ryback. Ryback starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and I'm joined once again. The man Ryan Satin back in the house with the wrestling report. What's going on?
1: Not much, man. Good to be back. I was uh, I was traveling the the world, you know. I was at well, not the world too much, but I'm, I'm exaggerating. But I went to uh, I was in Mexico, and then I was in Berkeley for my sister's graduation, and then I was in Vegas for Double or Nothing. So I've been all over the place. Uh, but Double or Nothing, I think, was. At, at, at this point, I don't even know if Double or Nothing was the biggest story of the week because of everything that happened afterwards with John Moxley. But before we get to so John much. Moxley, yeah, before we get to the Moxley stuff, because I feel like he's you know out there saying the stuff that you've been trying to say for the past few like weeks, <laughs> three, or three years, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, years. Uh, I feel like he's on that same wavelength. So we're gonna get into all of that. But first, uh, Double or Nothing was obviously a huge event. In the world of professional wrestling, uh, lots of stuff that went on during the show. All clean finishes, which was interesting in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that uh, awesome match between Cody and Dustin, which uh, got that uh, much craved for five stars from <laughs> from the wrestlers that they love. Yeah. Uh, they got the five stars. They got they were covered in blood. It was a, a uh, Dusty Rhodes filled tribute match. What do you think about that match?
0: That was I talked about that last week with Raj. Geary and he, it, man, it was my favorite thing on the show. Just uh, not counting the Dean stuff at the end, which Jericho Omega was awesome. But just story wise, that's why you you put a good story in pro wrestling, and it it, I, it just makes it so much better. And like, there was nothing flashy. There were no like crazy ridiculous, you know, out of place dives or anything like that. As much as that's as cool as that stuff is in the right place, but it's just a great story and. The use of blood. And I, Dustin, for me, it was that, is he going to pass out? Is this match going to stop early? Because he was gushing <laughs> blood. So yeah. I got uncomfortable watching because I wanted to make, like, I wanted them to have this whole match and have every have that moment. And it's like, you know, if they, they, they had a shot at him, at Dustin, and the blood's just pouring out of his head. Like it was gushing <laughs> out. I go, that needs to stop. Like somebody. Throw on the rubber gloves. I'm thinking WWE. Throw on the rubber gloves and put a bandaid <laughs> on that thing. Put a staple. Use a staple gun from earlier in the night. I don't know. It's uh, man, hell of a performance by both those guys, and uh, it was it was the highlight of the show. I thought story was
1: absolutely. Yeah, my girlfriend, she was in the second row, and she sent she sent me a picture that she took when the blood was gushing down because I was watching from you know I wasn't as close as her, but I had good seats, yeah, and I saw that picture and it was just like just gushing down from his head and i was like oh my god like that is intense he talked about it to the press after the show um they had like a little press conference thing raj talked about it uh but he basically said that like it was a mix of the the blood and the sweat yeah which and the pain a little bit too but i think it was a little bit of the sweat was what made it look like it was pouring down so much more because it was like mixing with the sweat, which was much more prevalent there. you know? And so, then he had
0: red paint on too, right? So it was like everything yeah. was like caked on even worse. And like yeah. he, he chose the right color paint for the night, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, now, okay, so since you already did the full reviews, I, I thought you guys recorded before Double Earthing. All good, perfect. Uh, but the Moxley thing happened. We're going to get into Moxley's podcast stuff. Uh, but first, some things happened during the week that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, and, and that was uh, AEW getting name dropped. On Raw by Sami Zayn just a few days after Double or Nothing, uh, you know my sources have told me that it was something that he was told to say. I don't know if it was necessarily scripted, like put in the script for him to say, but from what I'm told, uh, I don't know if it was Vince or Triple H, but someone higher up the totem pole where he would listen to told him to say, to, you know, to mention AEW during the thing. Uh, did you think it was a bad or a good decision for, for them to do that so quickly?
0: Um, well, I think they're trying to make that come across as a very real segment. So if you're trying to make that come across like anything could be said on that, but keep it under their control still in a way where it's obviously going to be worked, that that would be a way to really be like, whoa, we can anything goes on this. So they may be thinking it might be a way to boost up their ratings a bit because, you know, they need things that, to get their ratings. So they could be trying to... There could be one train of thought where they're like, well, we could use this to our advantage. And problem is, the people, that hardcore audience is already watching no matter what. Um, the casual audience now, oh, it's AEW. And, you know, I saw that the searches went up instantly for it where you probably just got them even more attention. Um, I'm not really... You can go either way on that. AEW exists. Their their audience knows it. So I don't think they should be doing it all the time, but it's not I don't it, it their business isn't going to be affected by it if they're if they just focus on putting out a quality product as far as you know what I mean and I think it yep. it's, it's tough. You can go either way on it, but I definitely yeah, Sammy, if that's something he would have said on his own, there probably would have been repercussions on that. Oh yeah. For because they just don't like you doing that, no matter what, going off the script or anything. So it's
1: it it's was, one of those things. You know, I was listening to uh, Dean Ambrose. And sorry, John Moxley. I was listening <laughs> to John Moxley on, I believe it was the Wade Keller podcast. He's done a bunch of interviews now, but in one of the interviews he did, he was like, he, he was talking about why wrestlers in WWE don't go off script, even though you'll hear the veterans and people and and fans say like, oh, well. You know, back in the day, they just would, like, say what they want to say if if they were told to say something. And Dean was basically like, yeah, no, I'm not going to get fired, but there's a producer with a family or a writer with a family or a mortgage, Mm -hmm. and they're going to get fired. And I don't want that on me that because I thought it'd be cool to change a few lines in the thing that somebody else gets fired because of it.
0: And I've said that that now for I don't know how many times on promos, and same exact thing, and you've heard the legends, and times have changed. And, and Dean, he may not have been worried about being fired, but there's, and he was heavily protected in that system at the higher, higher end. There's producers, there's writers, and they have a chain, they've built this chain of command where that will happen. I remember doing something where I, uh, with Kalisto, I wasn't supposed to do the Feed Me More in the ring. It was barf one of our final matches. It was, I don't know. We had a thing during the break, and they wanted me just to go off the air, just staring him at, at him at the middle of the ring in the crowd. There was nothing. The crowd didn't know if I was babyface or heel, and it was it was in that weird period where they weren't like it, everything, were button heads in the back. And I just, I it was like, I went with gut instinct. I go, this needs something to f- make this f- way cooler. And so I started doing the feed me more at the end of it, and the crowd, everyone started f- doing it, and we closed it with a f- where it wasn't quiet. And I think Scott Armstrong was the producer for that. And Vince, that's what Vince, I got to gorilla. And Vince, I think I've told this story. He, uh, and he goes, why the fuck did you do that? And I said, because the segment sucked right to his face. And he looks at me and he goes, are you fucking stupid? And I just said, are you stupid? And he just, and I walked away. And then Scott Armstrong came in. Scott got yelled at really bad. And that was one of my, that was one of my final things with Vince. Like, I just didn't give a shit. Everything Dean said is all... It doesn't matter what, how high you are, or how low. It's the same game for everybody, and there's just more repercussions. Like if a low guy were to do something more, they're gonna, they're more prone to be able, able to get fired. If you're higher, you're less prone to get fired. But then it's gonna come down on the producer. And like I felt bad when I did. Scott Armstrong got chewed out really bad. He had no control over what I went out there and did. And I just said, I'm sorry, Scott. I go into the segment sucked. I'm, I'm not. That falls on me as a performer. I'm not gonna. I, I want it to go out with a little something. I don't care if he doesn't want it. I go, I'm the one that's out there. So and Dean, I've heard people say too, well, uh, you know, as far as venting frustrations, he he made millions of dollars and he was well taken care of. But it's like the CM Punk thing. People are like, well, what right does he have? He has all this. And you're, but you're not looking at it from his point of view. The exists for everybody at every level there because of that system and these rules that are in place. And then the frustrations exist from the bottom to the top because of everything John talked about on there. And he was spot on with all of it. And he just, the, the thing is, and I saw people like you've been saying this for years and there's my fans and people that know that. But I also didn't go on the Jericho podcast and talk about it. I didn't go on a large platform like John did. And he left right away and came out. And like I didn't do interviews when I left. I just went and did my podcast eventually. And he went right out because he's going hot. And he went right to these big guns and he's dropping this. And it's like for the first time a lot of people are hearing this stuff, which is great. They need to hear it because this is what a lot of people have said
1: before. Have you hit up Jericho to go talk to him about this stuff? Cause I feel like no. these are things he'd super want to talk to you about now. <clears throat> I think Jericho, not?
0: Jericho likes to be though. And I, I love Chris. He likes to make, like, I would have to be doing something wrestling. I think for Chris to want to talk to me. Makes I, sense. I think he likes to, he likes to get the hot thing. He's smart because it helps him with his listens, whereas, and he talks to everybody, and I've been on the show already before, but I think that's one of those situations where it's like, all right, I'm going back to wrestling, I'm returning in a month, and we know I'm returning, now he gets more listens for having me on talking about stuff, whereas if it's just, oh, nobody knows what, you know, he's doing his business stuff, but he's not wrestling, we don't know if he's ever going to wrestle again, it's not as uh, impactful, I feel or like. Spicy it's,
1: for him. Yeah. Yeah. Intense.
0: I feel like that. And he's really good. He's really good at that. And he'll get, he'll make sure that he gets people on that people are going to listen to. And I think we would do great listens you know, at any stage. But I think it has to be, there has to be a purpose for him with it and whatnot. But it all depends.
1: I also feel like, you know, even though you weren't uh, doing every, you know, interview everywhere right away after you left, you did. Try to make a purpose with your exit more so than many do. Like a lot of times people will just vent their frustration with the company and, you know, your whole statement was much different when, when you left. So uh, I don't think it's fair to say that like, you know, yeah. I think you did. Tr- you, you were trying to do something with your with your exit, too. Oh, no, I
0: did and That's what like on the pay scale. Like, and that's what the whole thing all along, my whole situation happened and it happened for my benefit for my life. And I looked at it in that situation and I've expressed all these problems. Dean is more, uh, I think expressing creatively frustrations yes. on this. I have a problem with the entire structure of that company, <laughs> just, just the entire structure, the entire the structure. Whole. And De- but Dean touched on different points. And my thing is, is looking at all the talents that have helped, you know, I put them over at my expense multiple times and got triple power bomb more than anybody. And my pay took a hit because of it, because of that's what they, the way that structure is. And there's no rhyme or reason and no answering and whatnot. And a lot of other guys. And it's like, I got to see both sides of the fence, kind of where there were Dean kind of just saw the one side of the fence. So I think I'm more where I'm more sympathetic to a lot of the guys that have helped make elevate me and elevate all a lot of the other guys there, how badly they get treated on different situations. So, but if
1: you look at like, like Dean talking about how he only got paid $500 for the yeah. Shields final chapter thing, which was built around him. And you go like, S- dude, if that's all he got paid for that event, what was everyone else making on that
0: show? Well, this is what, so this is what I just – again, we talked about that where routinely they will pay you $500 for a show and not explain it to you and not explain – you. you can't do anything about it because there's – the way the system is set up. And you don't have any. You don't have a voice. You don't have any, any power. You don't have access to numbers, or anything of that nature. So this is just what. And when he says it, I think it's great because he just left there and he was at the top and he's been used at the top and and for a long period of time. Where you're just like, holy, shit, that's the way it really is. It's like yes, anybody that said it. Not everyone's bitter and angry. People are telling the facts all along. He just did it on a platform, and it's that whole show was centered around him, right? That whole special. And it's, so how can you justify paying this guy they're making money on the network on it through everything, and they're gonna for years and years and years they paid him five hundred dollars and you don't get any we don't get anything from the network or anything of that nature so it's there's a lot of problems there, and it doesn't mean I hate them it's there's just, just a lot of problems that need to be resolved and it's it, it's nice to see somebody else speak up on it, and he's confident enough to because he knows he's now gonna make a bunch of money at the other place and he's going to be fine. So
1: do you think the compet? you know, if, if AEW can prove to be a competitive brand to a, compet- a, comp- a competitor, for, for yeah. WWE for real, like a competitor, um, not just like the hope of being one, yep. uh, and, and, and things like all these people walking out or expressing frustration publicly. Do you ever think anything will change? Cause you've been in there. You have better insight than me. I think they're gonna
0: have to. And I think it like you use the women's revolution. That was all Vince's creation as far as how women were used the entire time. That all that was all their fault. They were the ones booking all of that. So like nobody and then they realized that, oh, we could do this, it'll look really good for us business-wise. We're gonna make a lot of money doing this, and we're gonna be perceived as the heroes in this whole situation. So I think it's going to be the same thing where they're going to—they're probably already trying to figure out a way to do something to try to make it look like it was their idea all along, and that they've—they've they've wanted to always do this. And I think if AEW takes off, guys are one going to want to go over there because of the schedule. I'm telling you right now, nobody likes wrestling not being home. It's too much. I've always said like if I ever went back, I think three days a week tops, ideally twice, maybe three on a pay per view weekend. That's all you need to be doing. This- you don't need to be doing it five days a week. It's just... it's his. That's what he wanted to do. that. None of the guys want to do that. Nobody. Nope. So, and I think if AEW just does wrestling right, and they, they put a solid game plan in place with once their TV started, where they get, you know, they have one or two live events, they have a TV product every week, throw in a pay-per-view there occasionally, and, and the money's really good, I think more and more guys are going to look at them and be like, that's what I want. Everything that we, that, that they're they going to become the new, the new number one for pro wrestlers to want to go there. Cause that's like WCW and stuff back then guys would leave there. They had, cause they had a better schedule and the money was just as good or, or, or close. And it, if AEW can start getting some big names that can blend in with that roster, and they get everything in place. It's going. I'm telling you, full blown. It's. I think they're going to. WWE has to be concerned seriously. And if if they're getting treated, guys are getting treated better there. WWE is going to have no choice but to adjust because they're going to need the performance. I mean,
1: even back in the day, you know, they had to. They had to start with the guaranteed contracts. They had to start doing what WCW was doing with guaranteed contracts. Yeah. If my memory serves me correctly. So it's not like they've never had to change their business structure but man you know all this stuff about creative i just have a hard time believing that they're going to get rid of these giant 25 person creative team meetings and stuff as much as like it might hinder uh, I, I just think that vince it's what vince it's what vince is going to continue to do
0: uh yeah no, so the, i can tell you and from john it, it's the worst part of working there the the whole creative and dealing with the writers and none of them are bad guys it just you can't have a, a guy who doesn't know you, who's sitting in a meeting, and write a three or four paragraph promo for you or or two paragraph promo or whatever and tell you you got to read this word for word and you don't relate to it at all. And then you know the whole process of having to get it changed. I'm telling you, this is why most guys just say, f*** it, whatever, it's just a paycheck. We'll go out there, read the lines, who gives a f- what anyone thinks. And it mentally, you just shut down. And this is something that happens to everybody there. Because, and then there's sometimes things are so bad, you know, you have to go get that change because you know, like you won't recover from it, certain things. And it, it's, it's literally a weekly battle of how bad, and Dean talked, talked about this and I've said this, I would literally wake up every TV day and just, if I got a text or anything, I would just have a horrible feeling in my stomach that how bad are they going to me over today? Like that was, and then I would get text. You'd be like, oh, that's not bad, and it would change every time, almost every time. The only times that my text didn't change when I'd get a notification of what we're doing was when I was working in the main events. That kind of stayed the same, but anything under that would get changed multiple times a day. And I finally told them, I go quit texting me. I don't give a shit. don't. I don't want. I don't want your thoughts in my head at nine in the morning when I need to go eat and work out. Like I don't give. A shit. It's gonna change anyway, so who the fuck cares? And that's Dean. It, that's everything that happens there. It's a nightmare from pro wrestling from a pro wrestling standpoint when you're creative and you want to have input and you want to love your job we all want to but they they do take the fun out of it because it's you're just doing acting and it's really acting and when you go and you watch their promos this is the other thing I noticed the other night I watched and it's more it's gotten even worse it's literally just watching robots read lines on TV and it's you can just see There's zero excitement, zero... It's just, everybody's going through the motions because that's what it is. Because they suck the life out of you with that creative process. And again, this is what Vince has wanted. AEW comes along and says, guys, give you some bullet points. Stay within this realm. Go get over. They will blow WWE out of the water. And WWE talent have been in this system for too long now. I'm truly curious how how many of them are talented enough... That if WWE had to, I mean, Fuck it, guys, we got to go to war, go get yourselves over out there, how good a lot of them really are, because they've been in the system for so long now, memorizing lines, that their creative juices have kind of been
1: stifled, that, it, um, t- I mean, they should be concerned. I don't know, I I, it, 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 cause I agree with everything else you were saying there, but in that last regard, I feel like someone like Dean Ambrose, uh, or Tyler Breeze, uh, going back to NXT and wrestling yeah. at, at TakeOver last night... Um, I feel like both are examples of like, I don't think, I mean, depending on the person, I feel like some are dying to have that creative input oh, again agree, and yeah. have to have the shackles taken off. And so um, I feel like a lot of them really could. Like Dean Ambrose has talked about in these interviews where he literally texted Cody right before his match and was like, hey, make sure there's a camera on me after I do my run in. Just one camera, meet me here, and we'll, you know, I'll take the camera, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. yeah. And then he said he shot it in. You know, one take did it. Uh, no one wrote it for him. It was just things that were in his head, and uh, it's one of the best promos Dean Ambrose has cut since his time on the Indies, like or yep. at least since the Shield. Like the, the Shield, he had some dope promos then too. Like when they were, you know, when he was first there and yeah. you know feeling energized and stuff. Um, you know, what's funny is I just thought about this: is you're talking about words that don't feel genuine to you, and I, I'll never forget when they started making you use weird like food words in your promos and stuff did you hate that yeah it was just all it was but that's what i'll never forget when you started saying weird like i have an insatiable appetite to
0: feast i'm always hungry (laughs) i am a machine that just lives to eat i will feed myself more destroy like it was literally just reading like that like it i remember just reading it it seemed like every other week it had that. I have an insatiable appetite. I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure that people get it. Like, I don't think I have to tell them I have an insatiable appetite. Babies, people are sending me videos of their babies saying, feed me more for their first words. We instinctually know what the f- feed me more means. I don't have to say that this appetite that I possess is insatiable, but that's what they wanted. <laughs> that's it. It is just like, and you just say it over and you're just like, okay. And it gets over like with kids and stuff, but like the older audience is like, okay, we get it. Like, but And it's like the Goldberg stuff. I wanted to acknowledge that stuff all the time. Do not acknowledge the Goldberg stuff. Do not acknowledge the Goldberg stuff. Anytime I was on a European tour, when I went heel, I would acknowledge it every night and cut a funny promo on it. Huge pop, not another Goldberg chant the rest of the night. So it's just like, because the crowd appreciates that you're hearing them and then reacting to their feedback and giving it back to them. And, but they take that away from you on TV and there's no and then the fans get mad at the wrestlers thinking that the wrestlers suck or that they, you know what I mean? When it's no everyone just has to play in this system and if you step out of line and like Dean talked about it too, John, where he went off script. This happened to me multiple times where I went off script and got good reactions and I got yelled at and I was told read the if you want promos in this company you're going to read them verbatim line for line and that's why at the end my promos were so bad for I just read everything they wrote. They wrote some movie things on there. Things, I didn't even, honestly, Ryan, I had no idea what I was reading. There's, there's stuff I'm looking at. I don't, I had no clue about, there was a movie about priests that raped boys that I had to do on a promo about Kalisto. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And Jericho came up to me actually after, the, he goes, he goes, who the fuck wrote that? I go, that was from Vince. I was told to read it line for line. He goes, that was horrible. I go, yeah, I, don't, I honestly don't even know what I read, Chris. I said, honestly, I don't care. And it was, that was already at the point, but that's what, that's f- that goes on. And John f- mentioned that verbatim with him. Right? Yeah. I mean,
1: he basically said with the cancer thing that he, similar to you, that, the, you know, he was so focused on trying to get other things changed in the, in, in the, in the promo and getting it in front of him that, you know, and then when he saw the, the, the cancer thing, he, You know, he brought it up, and he kind of let them mind ninja him and put Jedi mind tricks on him to, like, convince him that, like, it wasn't bad. Uh, And they basically, no, no, you turned on Roman and Seth, you know, so you have to kind of keep Roman involved. And so he kind of, like, got convinced to do it, and he did it. And then he said right when he – like, right when the words came out of his mouth, he he just knew that it was, like, really bad. And then, you know, I think it was, like, the next week, um, Vince tried to talk him into – saying another remark about Roman's cancer, and he says that he refused on that one, and he says it was so bad. He wouldn't even repeat that, it. I heard that, yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't repeat it, and that WWE would have lost sponsors like Susan G. Komen and all that kind of stuff if they had actually said it, and he was like, and someone probably would have gotten fired. He's like, I could have probably gotten fired. I would have been a good fire because someone would have someone had to take the blame for it, and I, I was like, oh man, I want to know what he had to say so bad.
0: And just so you know, if he was on his way out already, and maybe not then, he wasn't, but it, that I don't think he was on his way out yet on that that maybe the uh but that's the kind of things where they'll do that and they don't he would have been fired probably if their backlash would have been severe enough that's what the company that's how they there's no honor and loyalty there or anything so him like if he wouldn't have done that but that's the kind of thing too people need to understand to fight to get things changed that probably took hours and it it's like you have to understand like how stressful tv days are you, I remember waiting outside Vince's office for hours on something. I had to talk to him. And the line, people were waiting. People, a lot of people will go and they want to talk to him and they'll see two or three people outside his door and they'll be like, f*** it, I'll come back, f*** it, I'll come back. And then when you come back, then there's writers. As the show, the later the day gets on, there's writers, there's agents, people, you'll be waiting. You've been waiting for an hour. and Then Dean Malenko would come up and be like, yeah, I need to really talk to Vince. You can't say no to Dean because if you say no to Dean, then in the meeting, Dean's going to maybe on you because you you know what i mean there's yeah. all these f- things going on then you know before you haven't eaten in five hours you want to f- stretch you're f- stretching outside the door like f- trying to f- get loose for your match that you want to get the promo changed on that's been changed three times already in the day uh, it is a miserable f- experience like i yeah. can't stress it like it takes the life out of you where and then you realize like why the f- this it, i'm just gonna go out and say but you're the one that kind of takes the hip for it with fans, but they don't understand that you're trying to fight all day. You really are trying to get it changed. And
1: and you know what? As a As a writer myself, like me being a writer who has worked for someone else, I feel bad for the writers in these situations too because yeah. it's like – you know, people don't understand that it's like, you know, even you kind of said it, and, and Ambrose said it. I know you guys both said they're both good guys, or Moxley, sorry. Um, but it's hard to switch that afterwards when I've been calling him Dean Ambrose for so long. Yeah. But, but you know, um, it's frustrating because, you know, in, in a situation like WWE where the writers work for someone who is as much of a control freak as Vince is, um, they're not writing – to write great television at that point they're writing to appease their boss and try to give him something that he's gonna like and so it's frustrating because i'm sure um you know most of the writers that wwe hires are very capable of writing cool promos for the rest i agree but they're not being allowed to write cool wrest- promos for the wrestlers. They're writing what Vince would think is a cool promo for the wrestlers. And yep. so that's also where it sucks because it's like I guarantee you these guys could be writing awesome stuff if given the opportunity. They are also shackled just like the wrestlers in that Great regard. Great point. You know? that, it, it
0: is, that's an, a tremendous point. and that that's exactly when new writers come on they, and they have meetings on like I want something trendy. Talk about pop culture. So everybody's writing about pop culture in the promos, like trying to, like that. It's not, well, what's best for Bray Wyatt to go out there and say tonight? You know what I mean? So that, that that's, you're, you're spot on on that. And then talent are getting it and like, what the f- is this? Like, this is nothing, like, well, this is what Vince, is, Vince wants because that is the stuff that Vince had the directive in the meeting the week before. Pop culture, we're focusing on pop culture and that or whatever theme movies I want new movies talk about new movies that's what the people want so everybody's f- writing about new movies and it's just like <laughs> I'm here you got Ryback the big guy talking about priest raping boys and whatever the f- movie was and against a match with a little Kalisto because in Vince's eyes maybe I'm wrestling a little boy I don't know who the f- knows what goes on through his mind Ryan but this yeah. is like f- that
1: happens no, totally I mean and I know that just from, from you know from my People I've spoken with, and just from you know covering the wrestling for so long, that like you know I get so frustrated when I hear uh, anger towards WWE creative, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and not just Vince McMahon because if they they act like there's this room of people that are just throwing ideas around all the time, and it frustrates me because I'm like, nah, man, like that's not what's going, that's not how, that's not necessarily what's going on. Like these guys could be writing dope stuff. They're all writers from different walks of life they're high level writers they they, bring
0: in for the most part yeah they're all high level
1: writers exactly like they didn't all of a sudden
0: get really bad once they got to wwe they're just
1: exactly you know and i i I, i've even you know there was a what's his face um rd evans who was doing a podcast with some of the other writers and producers in wwe before he got fired or quit or whatever happened and um it was hilarious and i'm like these guys are great these guys are all hilarious and you know there's all these great creative minds there from wrestling history throughout wrestling history uh past present and current time you know whatever or future whatever like there's so many good talents around it, behind the scenes in the creative role. so i just get frustrated because i just think to myself like no like it's it's a vince thing like yeah. and that, i think that's a lot of what john moxley was trying to say in his promo or his promo in his interview with with uh jericho of like the he. The killing with the creative process that, that he has in place and i agree with you it's, it's stupid that they're you know that the the writer or sorry the wrestler themselves don't have any input whatsoever in their words because it's you know i know that vince mcmahon wants it to be a tv show with actors but i mean these are capable wrestlers that you have put in these positions you know and yeah. like if you know if they if they can't talk that's a key element of being a professional wrestling a professional wrestler on television you know and so uh, it should have some sort of creative input
0: no and that's what they've built this system that worked for them for so long but there was no competition either to challenge them and now with AEW coming in if they can do pro wrestling the right way again and they have a bit major tv network they have they have they're gonna have things that the other like impact didn't have they weren't on I feel like I you know TNT is a Very large TV network. They're going to have the platform that if they can get everything in place and allow guys to go out there, WWE is going to probably have to look at their business model and say, oh boy, we might might have to kind of alter things a little bit. And, you know, Dean brought up a great point that he didn't think Vince, you know, isn't the creative genius that, at least, not anymore. I've said that all along. It's always the wrestlers that don't get me wrong. Vince is. There's been some ideas where you know Nexus. That was a great idea. That wasn't. A, that was. That was. A, I don't know who came up with it, and I don't know if it was Vince or somebody in in creative. They didn't see it all the way through, but it was a great idea. He's. They've had you know, the Undertaker was a great idea. There's. There's been great ideas along the way, but there's been. A, there's been a lot of worse ones, and as of late, there's really. I like. I agree with him with John completely on all that. As far as everything he said, and because it's it's you could hear the frustration in his voice. And I'm listening to him pouring drinks and getting more and more frustrated. And it's the same thing I did. You start having a few drinks and start talking about that stuff. It will. It makes your blood boil because you love wrestling so much, and they just suck the love of it out of it. I've seen it from everybody, top to bottom. And then you just make the best of it, and you just because you're making good money still where you're just like, whatever, and, but it's not what you got into it for, whereas, and then now we have this new promotion and this better schedule possibly, money's not going to be an issue where you're not going to at least be, you know what I mean? It, it's comparable. It's, it's really interesting.
1: You know, I feel like, you know, I think, you know, obviously Vince McMahon has done a ton of great things in yeah. professional wrestling. He is a creative genius, but, like, at a certain point, Uh, There are many, many creative geniuses in the entertainment industry that have lasted for a long time. Nothing lasts forever, though, usually. Nothing lasts forever. And also, I find it. I, I can't think of any other person who would be considered a creative genius like that that was still in touch with what the younger crowd, the younger demographic, the demographic they want, what what demographic they crave wants, you know, that, yeah. that big McMahon does not have his finger on the pulse of what's going on with the, their Today's audience. You know, he just does not you know, and, and that's, you know, that's to me a problem, you know, like he's not watching anything. If no. while watches, you hear he watches game of Thrones, but like, like he's not <laughs> watching for the most part. He's not like consuming. The I world. picture him
0: wearing a King outfit during that whole thing sitting in a sitting throne, watching throat. it, <laughs> sitting in Hunter's WrestleMania throne, all dressed up, f- drinking, drinking red wine, watching. This cheering,
1: is good. Cheering for Cersei the whole yes, time. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I feel like he really gets into Ghosts full-blown on when he watches Game of Thrones. Um, part of but being yes. a creative genius, though, too, is knowing when to, you got to f- pass the torch. And oh, really? And I think, in, in, like a lot of companies, you'll see this in a lot of other big, 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 big businesses. Um, somebody that was at the top of their game for 30 or 40 years, they start getting up there in age. They retire, they take a step back, but that that company will keep them. I've seen this with big, big different companies. Well, they'll keep an office for that guy so he can come in. He has some input still, and he'll, they'll bring him in for some big decisions where he gives his input on what he would do, but he's not actually making the final decisions anymore. I think that time has come for Vince where – he needs to still be involved. Maybe go do your XFL thing and maybe you give the input, whoever to Shane or the to, to Hunter, whoever you're going to have take over, sell the company to a big comp you know, corporation, whatever it is where you, maybe you're an advisor on the board or you, you know what I mean? I think that we're, I think we're getting to that point, but just not, I think
1: when it comes to business decisions, he is very much still making good ones and he's very much with it with that. Uh, creatively, it's a little bit different story, you know? And so, um, you know, while and I'm always saying that because you know the, on the business side of things they're making tons of money, like they're, more than they're ever. doing great more than ever. So you can't say that business wise he's not doing well, but I do think that creatively, <laughs> while while the business side is doing so well, creatively it's not the it's not as compelling of a product as it has been in the past. And so, um, you know, he's 73 years old, and if you look at what's going on in NXT, while it's a smaller brand, obviously not the same goals that they have to achieve, um it is much more universally enjoyed by people right now. And so um, I do think that, you know, some people might not like Hunter still or Paul or whatever. um, But I think that, you know, he could help make things. He could help make the main roster shows a more compelling product.
0: Yeah. Again, I think it all comes down to, they got to change their business model of how can we hold talent back to how can we get guys as over as possible? That has to be, how can we, how can we take care of our talent as, as great as possible so that when their three or five year contracts run up, they want to resign where we don't have to beg them to resign. They need to create a better work environment. And they, they've known this for a long time, but there was never anybody, where are you going to go? There was never anywhere really else to go for talent. Now there, there, there possibly is. So there's going to be some things that they're going to have to look at and, it's going to start from Vince. He's going to, they're going to have to. And Hunter, I'm sure, I'm, it's almost like that, like the way this whole empire has been built. And Hunter probably desperately wants to take over and have that power. And there's probably, you know, you've heard things of them butting heads and whatnot. But it's a game to Vince. And Vince says, this is mine. I made this. You did it. You married into my family. You're not. This isn't yours. And it's. But I'll dangle that carrot in front of you. Because Vince, Vince loves to dangle the carrot in front of people. And take that however you will. But that's the f, that's the f- that goes on. Like it's it's crazy.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because that's why I have said all along that I feel like you know in this quote unquote quote unquote new wrestling war, uh, I feel like you know the first battle is AEW versus NXT. You know that NXT is the you know the cool company right now. You yeah. know, like same crowd. You know, yep. AEW and NXT same crowd. And, you know... All adults,
0: watching. man. That AEW crowd, I looked at the pay-per-view. It reminded me of the old, like, Nitro. Like, they were, like I didn't see any kids.
1: No, um, I didn't see a lot of kids at the show, either. I was there. Not a lot of yeah, kids. Yeah, you were there. I, were, I'm yeah. looking,
0: I go, holy Like, I was like, sitting
1: next to this kid who's, like, an internet personality named, like, AJ Awesome Show, and he was, like, the only kid I saw around. Yeah. And he was chanting for, like, the funny... It, it was just funny hearing a little kid chanted all that more adult <laughs> stuff. It was great. Uh, but, yeah, I... Uh, I forgot where I was going with that. AEW
0: uh, uh, oh, and NXT, though you
1: said they the I was just watching the Triple H documentary and he was saying that the the gate for takeover during WrestleMania weekend was over a million dollars and that was the first over a million dollar gate that NXT had had. Oh wow! Um, and those talents yeah.
0: don't get paid for the shows, I believe. <laughs> sweet,
1: uh, uh, great sweet. for
0: WWE. Too sweet, brother. <laughs>
1: Um, And then, you know, so um, I feel like, you know, they've got the cool vibe, NXT. And so the whole time I felt like once (laughs) they say, this is not with inside info or anything like that, but, you know, with the Fox deal looming in the background, you know, or coming up soon, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like they've been waiting for AEW to announce what day the show is going to be on because they haven't yet. And then they're going to move – they're going to announce that NXT is going to air on Fox Sports the same day just to uh, – just to. that's just been my, like, guess because I feel like NXT has to be on Fox Sports in some way once the Fox Sports deal kicks yeah, in. And that's for, very good. I had already heard it was going to happen, and then they've been waiting, though. And then now, like, AEW hasn't said the day they're going to be on yet, and I feel like it's this game of chicken that's going on of, like, all right, who's going who's to announce first type thing? And so, you know, to further that uh, conspiracy theory in my head, at Takeover last night, they announced that NXT UK Takeover, the second Takeover they've done for NXT UK, takes place the same day as All Out. It's not really? the same time, not the same time, but it's at the same day. Yeah. And Triple H in uh, in two post show things, one with the media, one on Facebook, mm-hmm. basically said that. Uh, the day is a coincidence that it's just that they've had this booked in advance for a while this is just the first day they've announced it but that they do want to send a message from across the pond uh to follow that
0: very you know and they got all the tools wwe where aew is gonna have to you know they're definitely fighting an uphill battle against that with the monster that is wwe that that's i never even thought about that from the tv standpoint that's that's really interesting, and the Fox-NXT thing actually does make sense because Fox being a sports network and uh, NXT kind of being presented more, even though it's it's WWE's production still, it's a little more of that sporty-type wrestling, you know what I mean, where it's a little yep. more competitive and whatnot, and um, where it's not as much about the backstage segments as and, um that would be a good way to counteract them a little bit, and uh,
1: I just I just feel like Triple, you know WWE, ha- they're like, oh, you want to go to battle? Well, first you got to battle with our indie fed. We've been building this. Work for- your way
0: up to the to the final and- level. The uh, exactly
1: the big boss. Exactly, they're not they're, they're right now they're at like one of the first level bosses. Which is why they have the video
0: game as far as Double or Nothing to start it out. They're showing us the beginning of the game. It's just beginning. <laughs> it is. It's just I- all all a game
1: i love it honestly as a guy who grew up in the in the attitude era i love this dude like i love it like i love the real part of wrestling yeah dude this is like a part of wrestling that's a mist for me you know is that like the like because you know triple h was asked about aew he was asked about the cody doing the sledgehammer Uh thing during a call with the media and totally no sold it like Oh, that kind no, of stuff like, eats
0: away at him, though, I'm telling you, because he, he lives on the internet, yeah.
1: Well, that's why I loved it, because he totally no-sold it during the media call, like, oh, no, 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 like, I'm just focused on putting on the best show possible, I don't really care about anyone else's booking, blah, 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 and, okay, don't believe you, but okay, And then, <laughs> and then a few days later, you know, you get to take over, and they go... Well, the reason he didn't say anything is because he's speaking with his he, – he's not – he's not, He's going to battle in a different way. He's not using his words. He's using his actions.
0: Yeah. Like, well, this is what they do. They use the 48 Laws of Power. I told you. And they, they try to use these manipulative tactics and do these things. And Cody Cody's fully aware of that as well. That's why I'm saying once TV starts, AEW – and this is the one thing I got from Double or Nothing. This, is, this was a, a one-off pay-per-view as far as I'm looking at it. Their second one – or the first one for AEW – once they get TV in place, the game is going to change a little bit because AEWs, they're going to be concerned with ratings because TNT is going to want ratings. You got to boost up the roster. Like, it, you, you have to. Like, that that's the one thing I got from that, watching that. And again, having TV time. Just imagine so, WWE, how long it takes to get a new talent over typically. You have a roster full of guys usually, and when they debut a new guy, it takes a long time usually for that talent to, to start getting over and for people to become familiar with them and want to watch and get invested in that character. It can take years. It really can to really, really, really become worldwide known. They have a lot more guys that people don't know than they have that they know. And now mm-hmm. Jericho and Cody are essentially the two. They know like Kenny and Kenny, as great as Kenny is, he had the exposure, I'm talking worldwide audience, and he'll win them over once they see him. So you can yep. include Kenny in that even with the but I'm just saying for the two that you actually know right off the top, it's Cody and Jericho. So you need and I think they're gonna look at that as far as I get what they're doing and going with the young guys. I think that's much needed. I think but I think you also have to look at the bigger picture and go, We also need to make sure we get these other pieces in here to put this a complete product together to, to really, really Not even if, say they don't want to compete with WWE, but they're going to have to deliver on the ratings to TNT to some degree. And in which they got a great buy rate, I think, for the pay-per-view, right?
1: According to Meltzer, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, or a good one at least. And I think there's nothing but positives, but it's, if WWE's going to, they got the money and they have the talent pool to kind of put these obstacles in their place, where that audience, because you're going to have WWE faithful, NXT faithful, that, If they put the TV show the same night, you're going to have people that watch the NXT no matter what because that's the brand they're loyal to, which is going to take a hit from all AEW. They're going to take a hit on that. So they're not going to make it easy for them, essentially. And it's from a business standpoint, that's what they do. And AEW has to be fully aware of that.
1: I completely agree with you on the star power front. You know, I I think people, uh, I I got a lot of for some of the people I included in a video when I, when they first announced AEW, yeah. like, people they should sign, because I included a few people that were, like, just people that people know, you know, not necessarily some, you know, indie Darlene, because I do think, you know, yes, you know, Moxley was a huge name in, in WWE, so it was kind of, like, throwing out the first shot type thing, but... Moxley,
0: but, too, sorry, I didn't include him with the others. In the yeah. Huge name, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, but, but, but I do think that, like, a lot of people saw Moxley there and go, "Oh, dope. We're going to get to see the version of this guy that we've been wanting to see." Yep. Awesome. And I think that's that, you know, for the casual fans who are watching, that's going to happen for a lot of people. You know, there are a lot of people in WWE, you know, like I like I was saying Tyler Breeze. You know, you look at Tyler Breeze and just wasted on the main roster, yeah. just wasted. They bring him back to NXT last night for Takeover and he puts on a banger. You know, like, awesome match, kills it against Velveteen Dream, and you go it – re- it reminds you that there are so many guys on the main roster, if, if allowed, if given the opportunity, if being told, hey, go out there and put on a banger, they can. You yeah. know, it's they're being told to do something different, and they're not rocking the boat because they're getting paid, you know? And so, you know, I, I, I just I, – I feel like the jump-overs, they're going to happen. I'm sorry, people. I know people are <laughs> like, oh, conspiracy theories but or AEW fanboy but these these jump overs are going to happen they're very obviously going to happen Luke Harper's going to be there I don't care what anyone says yeah. he can, as soon as he can he's going to be there you know yeah. Cody called out Luke in his goodbye to WWE as one of his favorite people he's going to be there yeah, you know yeah. and and his he's going to be one of those ones where it's going to be it's going to blow the roof off you know when he shows up and that's going to happen with a few people and those yeah. are going to be big moments for the company uh you know it's it's just like you I mean you can't deny that these things happen. I mean even with WCW, I mean the re- when they really popped off, it was when the jump overs started happening and like yep. things started getting shooken up. So. That's
0: when everything started got got to the next level, and because that's the yeah. part, the surprises. That's the stuff that's been missing in wrestling. Our generation, kind of as we've gotten older, that we've last fifteen twenty years, fifteen years, it's kind of just not not existed. Now I think that's the excitement. People are like, whoa, wait, this might happen again this might it it is gonna happen again i have a feeling so
1: one of my favorite moments in wrestling history was the night jericho showed up on raw
0: yeah great
1: one of the the coolest moments in wrestling history like and, and we like this generation really doesn't get stuff like that anymore of like a big like the big name from the, the most the closest thing to that would be I guess would be AJ Styles I guess but yeah but that kind of stuff happened all the time when I was a kid like guys showing up from one big company to the other with a new thing yeah. and mad, not mad all these, I love that dude like the, the that was awesome and I'm really I'm really hoping that that you know AEW is able to be on that level because it would be awesome again it would be awesome for sure
0: I agree I remember too like X Xbox- Pac went from WC went from WWE to WCW then back to WWE and showed back up in DX and it was like I remember being younger and just like oh this is awesome just everything because things I think this generation is going to get to experience that again unless everybody they got everybody locked down in like 5 year deals in WWE that's they're working which, on it. They're which makes on sense it. now why they were doing that even more so before things even really took off now I think it's definitely they're going to try to lock guys up a lot even longer I think cuz They're not going to surprise. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be a great time to be a pro wrestler. I have a feeling and a fan.
1: Yep, I think so, too. Absolutely. And I I hope Mox keeps speaking truths like you've been doing. You know, you guys you guys got to do a dual podcast, dude. The two of you together.
0: I've asked him to come on before. He was going to come on and he had whatever, 22 days. I'll send him a text here. I didn't realize. And then I saw he did a bunch of interviews. I was like, I don't want to talk wrestling. There's some stuff we could talk about that nobody's talked about. Before on there, but yeah, he. I told him, uh, I'll send him a text and I'll entice him with some gentleman, Jack, and I'm pretty sure I can get him to actually come in person to come do it. Oh yeah,
1: it. you guys are both in Vegas. Yeah,
0: he's like 30, 40 minutes from me, so.
1: Yeah, you guys definitely got to make that happen, dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I think that would be a, a good podcast, so I'll I'll send him another text. He said he'd do the show, so.
1: Yeah, because I mean, his he's the shows he's been doing have been with friends, you could tell. I mean, regardless of what he wants to say about Wade Keller, like, you know, Jericho was calculated yeah and then he did an interview that was the one he
0: needed to do it on first i agree totally yeah
1: and then he did an interview with some random radio guy in vegas who is clearly one of his friends oh really flip on flip on on the strip or something flip flip the strip something like that i don't know random radio show in vegas and like clearly like they were talking on the show about how they were hanging out together after double or nothing so it's clearly like his friend in vegas yeah
0: yeah Oh, he's gonna and, love the freedom he has. I'm telling you, it's degraded. He's gonna go hog wild here for a while.
1: And then you know he did these shows with Wade Keller, who's a a, a pro wrestling journalist. But pro, Wade Keller's the one who broke the story on Dean Ambrose not how he wasn't gonna resign. Yeah, and if you go back and look at Wade Keller's story, he got oh. every single part of it right. Like there's not one part that was inaccurate. Really? And then Dean did this interview with him. So you know, I'm just uh, yeah, know, I'm
0: just... that very interesting.
1: <laughs> It's very interesting that like Wade Keller got it perfect,
0: had that like, inside scoop and, to a T.
1: And then they do a two-hour interview together. But honestly, the two-hour interview that he has done with uh, Wade Keller is just as worth. Uh, just j- you should go out of your way to listen to it. It's just as good as the Jericho interview. Uh, it's very interesting stuff. Uh, I-, I liked it a lot. It's, he goes in he he goes into a lot of different things that he doesn't talk about in that he didn't talk about. Uh, during the, the Chris yeah. Jericho interview. I also love, you know, I interviewed the director of the m- vignettes that he had made. Yeah, well, uh, he, he
0: mentioned that guy's name, that guy, because I think I'm going to have that guy do stuff for me.
1: <laughs> he's great. I can pass you along to him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great, great guy. Um, he We were doing the interview afterwards, and he told me that, uh, you know, because there's a part in the in the Moxley prison break, video where he walks past the Viper Room logo and on the Viper Room logo there's two dice and the dice say the numbers two and five on it and I'll be honest I was one of those conspiracy theorists who was like whoa dice with the number 25 I bet you that's double or nothing like because the date was the 25th and so then he talked about it in this interview and the director told me too that it wasn't uh, a tease for double or nothing it was a it was a tribute for Dusty Rhodes because Dusty Rhodes, back when he was in FCW with, Dust, with Dusty, was talking to him about, like, a vignette he had in his mind that he should do, that they could do together, where he was, like, this cool, tough guy, like, with a leather jacket, walking by the Viper Room logo, or standing outside really? the Viper Room. And so he always liked the idea, and so he did that for Dusty in the video, and said that Dice having 25 was just a total coincidence, but everyone was running with it, and he thought that was hilarious.
0: That is pretty funny. That it's... <laughs> Man... No, I'm so happy for him, him. yes.
1: Yeah. Mondo, if you liked it, uh, if you liked the, um, the videos that he made, it's, he's a really cool guy, and he has some fun insight into the video.
0: I'm going to get, when I get Dean on, I'm going to I'm gonna really, because John has helped me out a lot here with everything he's saying, and uh, it's just given me just really, really more credibility, everything I've said all along, and uh, I've had people apologize, we apologize to you, because we've realized that you were, you, you know, you were right, and I was, well, I I know I've been right all along. Like I, I, don't need you to apologize, but I'm really gonna really hurt some people's feelings when I get. Hopefully, John has a good memory of the where the triple power bomb the day we came up with it at uh, their first uh, pay per view where people got mad at me saying that I invented the triple power bomb. So we'll see how good John's memory is on all that, and hopefully <laughs> he has. <laughs>
1: Vindication is always nice, so I hope that even I if it back. takes
0: years, I'm, it's well worth it, Ryan. Well worth it. No,
1: oh, no, trust me. Oh, trust me. I am well aware. One time, recent, like I had people, like I've had people sh- me for a lot of stuff recently, and I've had to not do the whole like "told you so" thing. Like I got all this. Sh- when I said Goldust was leaving WWE and that his contract was almost up. Yeah. Um, and he was like in this, you know, this waiting period type thing because Goldust said it wasn't true. And then Goldust does an interview where he says, oh, no, I was just lying. I was working everyone. Nobody pays attention to that after they all sent me mean tweets. Uh, they don't
0: even and remember. Dude, I, you know what? I've, this is another thing. I've, happened, I've switched my entire philosophy, and I'm using this, uh, some of Gary Vaynerchuk's stuff. Uh, I'm literally just focusing on all the good on social media. I don't even, like, just block the bad, but I'm not even, I'm literally doing, I'm using social media in such a different way now, and it's so much more rewarding. And I'm doing, like, lives with my fans, we're letting them in, and, like, there's so many more good fans than bad people out there, but it's so I easy have- to get caught up, because the bad ones are louder, and then we get, but it's just block them, and then just keep staying your focus on the people that like you. It's just, like, it's changed everything. I go, man, I forgot how many great fans fans there are out there and they, they, they literally dwarf the bad ones of people Gary that...
1: Vaynerchuk has helped me in the exact same way yep, I honestly like from listening to his podcast I uh I have gotten I, it changed my outlook on social media because I was starting to really hate it um, I did it for years really, man and it hurt me yeah and I've really tried hard to not shine a light as much on, on the negative and just try and be positive about things. And it really does yeah. help. And I've had people say, like, I don't know how you're so positive about things lately. And sure, there are negative things I say every once in a while, and I know you do too yep, or whatever, yep. but, like, but for the most part, like I'm not focusing on that.
0: you know. And it's amazing like, what we focus our attention on the most. And like, when you do that, though, it creates more bad moments. And like, for me, I was just like, oh, f- social media, there's all these f- on there, I just block it. But now I'm hurting myself, and then I'm turning my back on people that do like me. That's not, I don't want to do that, but because I'm reacting out of this negativity towards this negative negativity, it's just doing nothing but hurting everywhere. And then I was just literally, oh, I can make people feel good and and people like me and I can talk to my, the people that like me. And then it's just like, you form these relationships with people that care and you just, oh, well, okay, me. Okay. Bye. And then you don't even back to the people that I like and that like me. And it's like. It's great. It's beautiful, man. And I think it's going to, it was like I had a moment. It was, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago. It just hit me. And I was just like, this is This is so good. Gary's been saying it all along and I was fighting it. It was like, I talked to a guy in India today on my face-to-face, literally doing, he's a huge wrestling fan, thanking me for talking to him all the way over in India. Talked to a guy in Alaska. Like, it's like, social media is awesome if we look at it yeah. as it's awesome so yep
1: absolutely no yeah. absolutely i couldn't agree more i i, I also <coughs> shout out to gary vaynerchuk you should listen to that podcast if you don't he, his You'll podcasts are awesome he tells he nothing but the stuff. truth yeah i'm gonna get him on here
0: too he's he's man
1: oh i love that yeah i'm a big fan of that guy's podcast to be honest with you he's changed my outlook on a lot of things just from listening to him i'm like oh these are really good points that guy just made right there and stuff and so uh yep. yeah that's cool that you're gonna have him on here i'm a big fan of that guy that's that's awesome he's
0: money he's money so
1: yeah he's awesome
0: All right, right. Ryan. Anything you want to go ahead and plug to wrap up this Um, week?
1: ProWrestlingSheet.com. That's the website, at WrestlingSheet on social media. That's where you can find all the top stories in the world of professional wrestling throughout the week. Also, you can find my YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash C slash WrestlingSheet. That's where we do Ron SmackDown recaps. We did a Double or Nothing review with Jen Sturger, a.k.a. Jennifer Decker. Uh, we, did, uh, we did Wrestling Sheet Radio. We also did the interview that I was talking about with Sick Nick Mondo about the videos that he made with uh, John Moxley. Also, you can check out all of those things on our podcast feed as well. as on all the major podcast platforms. Just search Wrestling Sheet Radio.
0: Awesome, Ryan. Thank you, as always. All right, we'll be right back after these messages, guys. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy Ryback here to talk to you today about BetOnline.ag. That's right, BetOnline.ag. Now, personally, I'm not a big betting man, but if I was, I would be going to BetOnline.ag. Whether you're a baseball fan, hockey fan, baseball, whatever the sport, you can can put all your bets on BetOnline.ag. I was personally rooting for the Vegas Golden Knights, here uh, to go all the way to win the Stanley Cup uh, championship. And unfortunately, that was uh, in our second year in existence. Uh, We're 0 for 2, but uh, another hell of a season. And uh, I'm really rooting for the Knights to hopefully, hopefully make their way back next year. We will see. Go figure that Vegas has become a a hockey town. But no matter what your sport is, no matter what your team, if you like placing that, you got to check out betonline.ag all you need to do guys is go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today at betonline.ag and try their in-game live betting where you can participate with all the action with every play use promo code clns50 for a 50 percent sign up bonus betonline.ag that's betonline.ag You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good pizzas and enchiladas. Now, Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving, from their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code ryback off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, back. And I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals, and I love it. I love to eat real food. But the fact is, I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most. And I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code THEBIGGUY to save 15%. FuelMeals.com. Feed me more. Summer is approaching fast and now is the time to not only get your diet on track, but also stock up on Feed Me More Nutrition. You can save 20% with discount code PODCAST20. Whether you're looking for long-lasting clean energy with our Wake Up Unlimited Energy, available in Pink Lemonade and our new Green Apple, melting fat off with Shell Shock Extreme Fat Burner, or getting a great night's rest with our powerful all-natural GTS, go to sleep. Feed Me More Nutrition has you covered with seven different products that contain no artificial colors or sweeteners and use more natural ingredients that work synergistically to give you the results you deserve. Available on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Feed me more. And we're back. All right. the uh, This week, guys, we're not going to do an interview this week. We were going to have Wes Briscoe on. There has been a on. Can't do the interview at the scheduled time today. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to get Wes rescheduled and bring Wes on. I got Dr. Sue Mortar actually coming up on next week's episode. I'm really, really, really excited talking about positivity, life, uh, meditation, some really, really cool things. And really break it down into layman's terms for everybody on what we can do to help improve our lives in this current world that we live in. Super intelligent woman and i'm really 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 looking forward to that interview i do want to give a big thank you to our sponsors real good foods realgoodfoods.com they just they sent me the cauliflower pizza this week it was unbelievable if you guys have tried the like the the keto pizzas and enchiladas and poppers their cauliflower pizza oh delicious it was, uh, they sent me like four or five of them and I gave one to one of my friends and uh, she, she just, she loved it too. So legit, real deal, realgoodfoods.com. You could save 15% if you want to try them with discount code RYBACK15 on that. And uh, as a main sponsor of the podcast, I can't thank them enough. And as you know, I only like to really only endorse things that I truly like, products like that, that I like. If I didn't like them, I would tell you guys and they wouldn't want to do business with me. It's happened with the Razors before back in the past. So where I didn't like the Razors per se and the company didn't like it. And it, I understand. And it, I can't lie. I'm not going to promote something if I don't personally actually it just because it, it reflects me. I feel like at the end of the day. So and not to say that people don't like certain things. Everyone's different. And that was just my opinion. But betonline.ag for your online betting needs, guys. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. Use ur, URLCLNSmedia.com slash Ryback. Promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% cashback bonus on your first deposit. If you're an online better, betOnline.ag, check them out and uh, see if they, uh I'm checking something here really quick, see if they uh, fit what you're looking for in an online betting website. Big big thank you to Wiretap Radio and a wrestling historian, Wiretap Radio on Instagram and Twitter, a wrestling historian, uh The Wrestling Classic on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys as always for everything. Check out Wiretap Radio though guys. They uh they're hosting, they're helping working with a lot of different podcasts now out there. Um some of the other different podcasts. I know Justin Credible has a podcast and uh, few other guys out there that they're working with and doing good things so big 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 thank you to Wiretap media this week i want to say the kind of catch everybody up on on like kind of what's going on here um some really cool stuff that um uh i'm very blessed and very fortunate and it's been a really tough three years in a lot of different ways it's been a great three years in a lot of other ways um, I've had to sit back. I've had uh, to kind of have people, uh, whenever you reach any level of success in life or anything, you're going to have people that don't like you. Obviously I have a, a portion of people that don't like me or they want to hate me or they, they have their feelings on me. And I've just sat and wrote through it all. Always have blocked it and whatnot, but it hasn't been easy. It definitely <clears throat> has not been easy, but I've learned so much in this time. And the thing that's really, really. As positive as I am. And I, I sometimes have found myself. Focusing on. Some negative sometimes. And like viewing social media. Um, in a negative way. And you've heard me talk about it on here. And those feelings are true. And they exist. And I. That is how I feel about it when I'm focusing on it, on the negatives of social media. Problem with that is, is anytime, it it was a real lesson for me. And like, I'm always constantly learning on stuff and and trying to evolve and look at things and why I feel the way that I feel. Okay, is this benefiting? Is this serving my life? And if it's not, I have to reevaluate things and try to make adjustments. And I was looking at how I was viewing social media and it made me angry and it, like i was focusing there's all these people that are negative this doesn't exist in the real world um there's all this hate and that does exist on there we all know it does it, it it's a problem but it's also a problem when you just solely look at it from that point of view because what happens is when you see that hate and then i would i would see that hate on social media i hate social media social media sucks it triggers these emotions in us of negativity and hate, which only triggers more negativity and hate and other things when you start doing that. And the truth of the matter is, and Gary Vaynerchuk has been very instrumental and talked with Ryan briefly about it here, doing the wrestling report, is social media is great. It's the greatest time of our lives. Are there negatives and are there drawbacks to it? Absolutely. But it's also the greatest tool that we have that we've ever had and it allows us, like I said earlier, um, talking to people in India and Alaska and and the UK and it is connecting all of us um, around the world. And for me, I had made a major mistake is I actually, by trying to focus on the negatives and block out the negatives and limiting my exposure to social media, I also was limiting my exposure to all the people that actually like me, that care about me, that, that make me feel good when I interact with them. And just, I eliminated all of it because I was looking at, well, social media. I don't need social media. I do need social media. It's actually very important for my business. But I also found that my mindset on, on the, focusing on this bad was triggering all these other feelings and not allowing me to feel good about it because I was given that the majority of my attention. So I don't know what switched. I don't know what changed. I know it was, I just, I remember the moment kind of, it was three or four weeks ago. And I just kind of, I've talked about it on here. There's something happened to me where I just saw, I had an interaction with somebody and felt really good about it. And I go, wow, this is really powerful stuff. And I've known that in the past, but I just kind of turned my back on it a little bit and was ignoring it. <clears throat> I get hundreds of messages every day from people all around the world who just want to see me back wrestling or who like me or who just ask how I'm doing. And there's people, and I, I, it's obviously, I, I don't have the time to message everybody. And usually when you do that, it can turn into 100 messages, which is another <laughs> story. But I found, oh, I could use Instagram Lives and talk to my fans directly and have communication with them. And then, as you've seen, I've, I've now realized, I could, oh, I could do these face-to-face interactions with people and actually directly answer their questions, help them, whether it's health and fitness, podcast-related, whether life, whatever it is, wrestling, and directly talk to them. And it's so amazing the connections that you could form with people and, and going around and, um, you know, even business-wise for me, I knew with Gary Vaynerchuk and, with, and listening to him and having some interaction with him, how I needed to be using social media for my business. And in real life, if you want people to, um, to know you or to like you, um, the key in life is you have to be social, right? Well, social media is the same exact thing. And if we want to be liked or we want to make people feel good, we have to put ourselves out there and be social. And Gary always talks about this as the best way to do that is to be genuine and authentic. Just be yourself. And, but I, that's why I, to me, I, and it's shifting that mindset of just feeling happy and trying to make other people happy because you'll see it, it has a direct reaction right back at you with people is when you make other people feel good the better they feel they want to make people feel good too. And they return the favor and then they comment. And when it, but when it's done, the key to all of this guys is it has to be genuine. You don't want to be fake. You don't want to just say something and not mean it. And that's where I think you really, you got to kind of find yourself and and adjust your mindset a little bit is just really find things that make you feel good and leave some nice comments. And I tell people three on, on the Instagram lives, three people a day, leave three really nice comments on social media to people and, and actually mean it. Read what they say. Don't just like look at it and then just make a comment. And Actually read what they say. <clears throat> and leave your, leave your opinion. And, and do so in a positive way if possible. And it's, it's so powerful. And that is what the social media is supposed to be used for. And I feel like it's a huge revelation to me with all of this. And it's not up these companies... They can't control how we use it. There's not rules in place. We just know when you act like an asshole and you're negative, nobody's going to like you. And there's a lot of unhappy people out there. And I, and I get that. All we can do is block these people out, like I've said. Block them out. Or they can join my Instagram Live and go face-to-face with me. And I've already seen it happen. And It's usually not bad. Block them out, though. Focus on what makes us feel good. Because I'm telling you, there's way more good people in this world than bad people. I I know that for a fact. There are a lot of bad people, though. We would be lying to ourselves if we said there weren't. But when we just give them all of our attention, that bad infiltrates its way into other areas of our life. And it doesn't happen right away all the time. And it's just um, a real eye-opener for me. The conversations that we have, when we have negative conversations and we focus on talking about negative things and we respond to negative things, we're giving our attention, our energy to things we don't need to be doing that towards. And not to say it's going to happen. It's, we're human, we're, right? It's going We're going to talk about things. The key is not doing it as, as often it is, and being aware of it, being self-aware of what you're talking about and, and who we surround ourselves with. And that's why you always hear successful people. And it doesn't even have to be successful people, but just happy people that, you know, you are the, the five people or the three people that you surround yourself with. It's really true. It, it, it's spot on. And so if you're hanging around people that are negative or unhappy and that it's going to, that's going to carry over to you, whether you realize it or not. So you got to make a conscious decision if you want to be a part of that or not. And you got to really, really try to get control of your thoughts as much as possible because it is a negative world at times. And, but it's also what we are, what we are focusing on. Sorry guys, message there, what we are focusing on as well. And so for me, I just kind of had a, you know, I woke up, I guess, a little bit towards it and I've had a change of heart because of um, seeing the impact of just that the, the focusing on the good can have ultimately. So that's why if you've seen a change in my social media, much more uh, interactive um, engagement, much more in, in, in trying to, to communicate with my fans and people because it's um, it's a beautiful thing and I'm very thankful for it. And I've noticed uh, and, and I've got great news my... Um, A stem cell company had reached out and um, they want, I'm going to end up going to Columbia here in June. It looks like here this month, Uh, we're getting all the, everything finalized here in the upcoming weeks um, where they want to bring me out. They, They give me free treatment on my back, my shoulder, and my leg, the nerve damage that I had from the broken ankle in WWE to possibly regenerate the nerves to grow into my big toe tendon. That if I, I may be able to get my foot back to 100%, which I kind of thought might have been a lost cause, but all my nerves are still functioning. And what they have the use of this technology over there, they use umbilical stem cords, um, umbilical stem cells from the umbilical cord. And these other countries don't have the restrictions that we have on in the United States. Where they're actually allowed to use many, many, many more stem cells. And my doctor that's performed my 11 procedures has told me that if he was able to do my procedures in another country he probably would have had me fixed after a couple treatments um, because of the the healing powers of using more stem cells and over here they're just not allowed because there's they're just the it's, it's so new and they have limitations over here and because also it works and money is always involved in the healthcare over here where if they you know, it might take people two or three treatments or four treatments or five to get better. They make more money. And they're just playing by the rules. And, but I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed. Um, this company, like, hopefully I can go back to wrestling. Um, I can honestly tell you guys, from this guy Trevor from Smashworks, who I going to have on the podcast here, uh, he has is, he is single-handedly helped me maybe as much as the stem cells. Uh, I was having really, really bad muscular pain. Still, even with the stem cells, even though my disc have regrown and he gave me these techniques and I put it on Instagram, one of them with the softball and where you do a leg lift with it and it it activates your hip flexors and shuts down your back muscles where the softball is able to break up the deep uh, scar tissue in your back. And I had all this fibrous scar tissue from my muscles being so screwed up from all my disc for so many years. I'm in zero pain now. I've done the, I've, I'm back squatting. I'm back deadlifting. I just deadlifted 315 pounds for the first time in a year and a half on my first day deadlifting back yesterday. And it was easy, not hard, no pain, nothing, no muscle pain the day after. I feel str- like, I feel like my old self again. And it's uh, a real, cause I, and I've always been very honest on here. I, as positive as I am. It's been the toughest, you know, time of my career in life, essentially, because uh, I had to stop wrestling and stuff with Sophie as well, taking care of her, which I still have to, that's not over with as far as that's constant care. But I didn't know ultimately if I was ever going to be able to ever wrestle at a high level ever again um, because of the pain I was in. It was, and I didn't want to take pain pills. And I thought that maybe that the damage was just so bad that maybe it was never going to ever fully go away. And, and then I was worried about, well, what if I go wrestle and then I make it worse? And it just comes right back. And <clears throat> I could say right now, the way my back feels, I'm not even worried about it. It's and that I can honestly, I believe I'm going to be able to return to wrestling by the end of the year. Now, where that is, I don't know yet. I will need to, to get back, get in the ring. And I've been out before. I'll do some independent matches, start taking some bookings, see how I feel get any ring rust off if there is any, and, um, see, I will go where I am wanted and where I am needed and, uh, and, and keep all the business stuff going, keep the podcast going. I'll travel with it eventually if I have to. And, uh, kind of like Jericho does and bring in the recorder everywhere. And cause this show means a lot to me and I like interviewing people and talking to people in all different walks of life. And, um, I think this show has been really good for my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess evolution uh, for myself, for for me evolving and growing as a human being and for you guys to get to know me, to kind of get the different layers of me, the, the stupid funny side, the serious side, try to be um, the informative side, try to blend it all together. And it, it's been a learning process from the very beginning for me on doing this show and it's uh, it's cool. So thank you guys for sticking with me all this time. And I think we're going to have some really exciting things in the future. And um, I'm very proud of the way uh, I've handled everything. And I'm proud to, to to be able to have the fan base that I have worldwide. It's, um, and seeing that firsthand, it's really cool that everyone has stuck with me for all this. And uh, we're going to upset a few bullet heads out there <laughs> at some point in time. But I'm going to get these next procedures done. I'll give myself three or four months. And let's say my 38th birthday is November 10th. I have a feeling. I, and I something tells me to kind of 38 might be a good point to start. Because that's going to be the, the best part of my career. I'm going to be better than I've ever been. I'm going to be healthier than I've ever been. And uh, I think I'm going to be able to compete at a level that is even higher than what people even are, uh, realize I can compete at. So it will stay tuned. We'll see what the future holds, but I, I, this stem cell, we're going to actually have one of the guys on the show here eventually. And, uh, I'm going to be working with them. They're, they're i I just truly touched. They reached out and, uh, I think they may be working with, uh, Hogan and Mysterio as well, but, uh, they want to see the big guy get back in the ring. And, um, there's some really cool, nice people out there and this stuff costs a lot of money. And, um, So it's always good to be thankful. So I'm very, very appreciative of all of that. So thank you. And uh, we'll see what happens. But we got a good interview next week. We're going to have some really more great guests coming up here on the podcast. And uh, we'll have to reschedule with Wes Briscoe once again here on all that. And I'm looking forward. He's a great guy. And uh, he's got a lot of really cool stories. He's a fun guy. And uh, I look forward to getting to to mix it up with him a little bit on one of the future episodes. And with that, guys, I think it's time to do some plugs, hit a little classical music, relax a little bit, just shut your eyes, just chill out, just breathe. in through the nose, out through the mouth. All right, and with that, I'm going to plug now. For all fan mail, guys, P.O. Box 752-740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. You can support this show on Patreon, patreon.com slash ryback, Amazon merch, all the Feed Me More Nutrition t-shirts. We have direct links on feedmemore.com, which has been redesigned. We have more more things coming on there, improving the website, improving the shopping experience, um, making it look uh, even more professional. And uh, getting rid of some of the old kinks from old past people. And uh, really looking forward to that. But you can get all the Feed Me More Nutrition t-shirts. We always have new shirts coming out. And uh, all that. Big Guy Ryback Wrestling t-shirts. Everything is available on Amazon under the search Feed Me More More Nutrition. Or Feed Me More the Big Guy Ryback t-shirts. Feed Me More Nutrition t-shirts. All that stuff will pop up or direct links on the FeedMeMore.com. Website with an image you guys will see on the front page or the uh, apparel page on feedme Feed me more Nutrition is available on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Guys, your reviews are greatly appreciated. Check out our supplements. You can sign up for my newsletter as well on FeedMeMore.com. You get 25% off your first letter, your first uh, order. And we give weekly discounts to you guys on all that on the website. So check that out and uh, sign up. We give you special deals, buy one, get one free sometimes, sometimes 40% off, sometimes 30%, sometimes buy two, get one free. You never know, it, it, but you sign up, you're going to get free discounts or get things for cheaper than if you don't on that. So it's worth signing up and we usually, we send two emails a week. That's it. Not spam. Give some informative little health tips and uh, it's worth, it's worth the price of admission because it's free for personal video shout outs from myself. Cameo.com slash the big guy. Ryback, my motivational book on Amazon. Wake up it's feeding time in paperback audible in Kindle format for pro wrestling bookings. We're going to start getting some bookings with Bill Barons. <clears throat> Please contact Bill Barons at showbiz at aol.com. That's S-H-O-W-B-I-S at AOL.com, Bill Barons or book the big guy at yahoo.com. Fuel meals, big thank you to them. FuelMeals.com. Save 15% with discount code, the big guy. FuelMeals.com. Meal prep at your doorstep. Custom meals, signature meals. They have, I, I eat them several times a day usually, sometimes twice, two to three times a day. And I usually go the chicken and vegetables or the beef quesadillas are my two favorites on that. Follow us on social media. We now have uh, Dells helping us out. Thank you very much, Dells, on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash channel. Uh, you guys are going to be seeing a lot better quality on our YouTube show production. Uh, we had some issues with the audio from last week's show with Lauren Tickner. So we had to use uh, still images. That has been addressed. It's been fixed. So we will have the, the live video on YouTube uh, every week as well. So check us out on there. If you guys want to see the video footage, please like and subscribe. It really helps us out. If you can leave a review for the podcast on iTunes, guys. It is always greatly appreciated. If you like the podcast, please just, you know what, one friend. If you could share the podcast with one friend, if you like it, that's all I ask. And uh, help us continue to grow and uh, keep doing this. It's a free podcast, and I enjoy doing it and love doing it. Um, but I do put a little, certain amount of time into it every week. And if, just, if you like the show, just share it with one friend. That's all I ask. you would be helping the big guy out a lot. And follow me on social media, guys. Uh, the big guy, Ryback 22 on Twitter on it, the big guy, Ryback 22 on Instagram, Ryback 22 on Twitter, Ryback 247 on Snapchat. We're a feed me more nutrition on Instagram and conversation with the big guy on Instagram. If you guys give those accounts a follow, we're always posting facts and different things, nutrition information on the feed me more nutrition page and random life facts on the conversation with the big guy page. Uh, we're trying to get those to 10,000, um, followers each on those two accounts We're getting very close on the nutrition one podcast one that was a newer account, but that is growing. So if you guys could give that a follow also, I'd greatly appreciate it. And there's some, always some good things to know information being presented on those accounts And with that F M M nutrition on Twitter conversation, C W T B G on Twitter. Don't want to forget those. Give those a follow as well, guys. And other than that, that's about it. I thank you guys for listening been another great week. Have a great week. Be great human beings. And thank you guys for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the big guy Ryback. Feed me more. This
1: is Conversation with the big guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, and